0: coming up now on Established in the Faith. You can know all there is to know about geology and know all about the rocks and the formations, but until you know the solid rock, you can know all about the planets and where they are and the stars and all this kind of stuff, but until you know the bright and the morning star, the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, you don't know nothing. Hello neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now, Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. Philippians chapter 3 beginning with verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him The dead And I just want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, that I may know him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person who has come this way. I thank you for every person who is tuning in by radio, the internet, however they may be getting this service today. Lord, I thank you for bringing them this way. Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit. Lord, help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, may needs be met. May your people be drawn closer to you. May we all be edified. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. And Amen. In the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, we read where Paul is on his second missionary journey. And the Lord gave him a vision of a man in Macedonia who said, Come over and help us. And Paul set out then immediately for Europe. And when Paul arrived there, he made his way to the city of Macedonia and began his evangelistic efforts. And his evangelistic efforts brought about the salvation of a young businesswoman whose name was Lydia. She got saved and was baptized, and later on, the rest of her family would come to know the Lord. Paul cast out a demon spirit out of a young lady, and she got saved. And then later, the Philippian jailer would ask Paul, What must I do to be saved? And Paul shared the gospel with him as well, and the rest of his family. And this small group of people formed the first church on European soil. And I don't think we realize today the importance that this little church had on Western civilization. It had great bearing on Western civilization. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I would not be here today if Paul had not obeyed the voice of God and went into Europe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I today are receiving the benefits of what was done so long ago. Paul would go on to other endeavors, and as the years passed, the church at Philippi received word that Paul was now in prison, and they sent word to Paul by a man by the name of Epaphroditus. and Paul wrote these words back to the church at Philippi, Dana if you will, pull it up on the screen, Philippians Chapter 1, verse 12. Paul said, I want you to understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Now I want you to think about that. The things which have happened to me and and they want good things. They were negative things. Here, Paul is in a Roman jail, and he says, I want you to understand, brethren, that all the things that have happened to me has happened for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, what exactly does he mean by that? It means that Paul didn't have a pity party. Woe is me, and everything's against me. How many of you know that you better be careful how you ask some people how you doing? Because they just might tell you, Woe is me! Paul didn't have a pity party because he was in jail. He didn't have a pity party because his situation wasn't exactly like he thought it should be. Paul didn't use his situation to question God. Lord, I need to be out there on the front lines. I should be behind the pulpit somewhere preaching the gospel. And here you got me in jail. Lord, why are you allowing this to happen to me? No, he didn't use that situation to question God. But he said, it don't make no difference where I'm at. If I'm in the public school, I'm going to be telling somebody about Jesus Christ. If I'm on a job, I'm going to be telling somebody about Jesus Christ. When I'm at home, I'm going to be telling my wife or my husband about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be telling somebody when I'm putting gas in my car and there's a man standing over there, I'm going to be telling him about the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm in jail, I'm going to be telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that, my friend, is the greatest thing, the greatest words that will ever come out of your mouth is when you tell somebody else about the Lord Jesus Christ. And You say, well, Brother James, I just I don't know all the verses, and I can't dot every I and cross every T, but well, you can tell somebody about all the things that the Lord has done for you. You can tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Some of you been in the hospital... And things won't looking too good as far as your situation. But while you were in that hospital, you were witnessing to those nurses that come in there and talk to you. You didn't have a pity party. But you were telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. That speaks volumes of your testimony, your witness, your relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I want you to know, That everything that's happened to me has played out to the furtherance of the gospel. I don't know if Paul realized just how far those words went. Because what he wrote to the church at Philippi has gone down through time and eternity. And has reached you and I sitting here today. How many millions of people have read these words of the Apostle Paul. Because God allowed Paul to be put in jail. And Paul wrote this letter. And there are so many important things. So many nuggets of truth can be found here in the book of Philippians. Now, Paul said, Philippians 3, verse 1. Diana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. He warns the church. Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. In other words, he's just saying... What I'm about to tell you is for your own safety. It's for your own good. He said, verse 2, Beware of dogs. Now, was there a pack of wild dogs running around through the city of Philippi, terrorizing the neighborhood? No. But he used that term as it pertains, if you'll look there at verse 2 again, of evil workers... He said, beware of the concision. In other words, he was talking about false teachers, Judaizers, people who believed in Jesus Christ. They believed he was the Son of God. They believed he died on Calvary. They believed he was raised from the dead. But they were believing in the old Mosaic law. You've got to keep certain feast days. You've got to be circumcised. If you're going to be saved, you've got to do this over here, whatever this may be. Let me bring it up to today. You've got to be baptized to be saved. You've got to be speaking in other tongues to be saved. Brother James, I believe you've got to be free will Baptist to be saved. No, you don't. Well, Brother Dane, I believe you've got to be Pentecostal to be saved. No, you don't. There's only one requirement for your salvation, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work at Calvary's cross, and that alone. And if your faith is in Christ's finished work, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all of those other things. If you're truly saved, then you'll get in that tank, and you'll get baptized. The Holy Spirit will deal with you. That's right, Brother Davis. He'll deal with you. But you don't get baptized to be saved. You don't come to church to be saved. As much as I want y'all to come to Sunday school and church, none of those things save you. But if you're truly saved then you want to be around God's people. You want to put yourself in an environment that's conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. You'll open up His Word and you'll read it because the Spirit of God is dealing with you. Not because you have to. Well, i got to read my three chapters a day. You read it because you want to. The Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you. He's dealing with you. But, there were false teachers going around during Paul's day saying, you've got to do this right here in order to be saved. And when you say that, you've got to do this to be saved. In essence, what you're saying is what Jesus did at Calvary's cross was not enough. You've got to add your little two cents to it, see. And Jesus, what Jesus did was a finished work. It needs nothing else added to it. All that is required of you is your faith. Totally, absolutely, and completely in the finished work of Christ. And Paul warns this church about false teachers. The big thing then was circumcision. And Paul went on in verse 3 and he said, We are the circumcision. He talked about it in Colossians chapter 2 a circumcision made without hands when when you get saved the holy spirit comes into your heart and life and circumcision is simply separation flesh is removed and separation takes place and there is a circumcision made without hands the holy spirit comes inside and he cuts off the sin nature. But let me just go ahead and say this. Christianity is an everyday experience where circumcision takes place in your heart and life as as things are being cut off and removed. See, there's a lot of self sitting in here today that needs to be removed. Oh, I wish I had a mirror over here so I could preach to myself this morning. because I could preach a good sermon to me right now. There's a lot of self that needs to be removed. There's a lot of the world in me that needs to be removed. Oh, God help us today. There's a lot of devil here that needs to be removed. Here with destiny, Friday night I gave the little illustration. when A question was asked, why does God allow the devil to do what he does? Why don't God just kill the devil? Have you ever thought about that? Why didn't God just take the devil out? Let me ask you, why didn't God just take you out? Hmm. I gave the illustration of a sponge. Let's say behind this pulpit I got two buckets, one full of Pepsi-Cola and one full of Mountain Dew. And I take that sponge and I dip it down in one of them buckets. Y'all can't see what I've done with it now. And I bring it out here and I hold it in front of you. How do you know what's on the inside of it? You don't. But when I squeeze it and you see that black liquid coming out of there, you know there's Pepsi-Cola in there. If I squeeze it and you see Mountain Dew running out of it, you know there's Mountain Dew in there. God allows the devil to put you in the squeeze. Are you listening to me? See, because you really don't know what's down on the inside of you until you've been put into the squeeze. Y'all look like a bunch of holy rollers in here this morning. Y'all are the epitome of holiness. But you let somebody cut you off in traffic. Be out there cutting the grass and the motor blows up. Is anybody here today? Y'all awake? You listening to me? See, God knows how to put you in the squeeze, and He uses the devil to put you in the squeeze so you can see what's on the inside. See, because you ain't all that. There ain't none of us in here what we ought to be. Let me tell you something. As long as you are breathing air and taking up space, there are things in your heart and life that ain't right. And God's going to show you those things, and it ain't pretty. It ain't what you think it is. God to deal with you. There's a circumcision made without hands. It takes place the moment you get saved, but it's a daily thing. As God, the Holy Spirit, wants to show you things that need to be removed. He said, "We are the circumcision, Philippians three, verse three, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no." Confidence in the flesh Look at that little short phrase there Have no confidence in the flesh Your salvation has nothing to do With what you do Your salvation has nothing to do With what you don't do Have no confidence in the flesh. But your salvation has all to do with what Jesus Christ has done for you and your faith in that finished work. Have no confidence in the flesh. And then Paul goes on in verse 4 to explain how he used to have confidence in the flesh, how he used to do all kind of things. He said, verse 5, he said, I will circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Or at least that's what he thought. He was doing all of these things. And yet, when God spoke to him on that road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Paul had his faith in other things. And God had to get his attention. Let me tell you something. God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention. And the power of God literally knocked him down on that road to Damascus. And he said, Lord, what is it that you'd have me to do? God used him to write over half the New Testament. Paul said, verse 7, what things were gained... To me, those I counted loss for Christ. Back in those days when a cargo ship was out in the ocean and a storm would come up, to save the ship and to save life on the ship, the captain of the ship would say, We need to loosen the load. And they'd have to throw some of the cargo overboard in order to lighten the ship, in order to get better control of things, in order to save the ship. And that's what Paul had in mind when he said, The things that were gained to me, those I counted, loss for Christ. When you get saved in this Christian experience, there are things that you're going to have to lose. It's going to cost you something. Salvation is free, but as you walk with God, you'll find that you lose some things. But Paul said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. In other words, everything I've lost is nothing compared to what I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't give up anything for God what he won't give it back to you. He said, "I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ." Here Paul likens our Christian relationship to winning a race. And then he said verse 10 that I may know him. Let me tell you something today folks. You can know all he is to know about horticulture and gardening, and farming, and you can know all there is to know about flowers. But unless you know the lily of the valley, you can know all there is to know about geology, and know all about the rocks, and the formations, and all that, but until you know the solid rock. You can know all about the planets, and where they are, and the stars, and all this kind of stuff, but until you know the bright and the morning stars, the Lord Jesus Christ, friend, you don't know nothing. Knowing Jesus Christ is the most important thing that you will ever learn. That I may know Him. And it's, it's more than just having a mental assent to something. It's knowing it as an experience, experiencing something. Last Friday night, we were talking about a a number of things here in Destiny. And some of the kids began to ask, what do I do to be saved? They started to talk about those things. and I led them in a sinner's prayer. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the ones who have asked this question they're going to say this prayer with me tonight and they're going to get saved. After the service, we told them there was some donuts out in the fellowship hall. They got up and run out there too. Ain't nobody come up to me and said, Preacher, I got saved tonight. And Nobody said a thing. I'm walking out the back door. And Becca come up to me. Preacher, I want to talk to you a minute. She said, I've been in church I prayed that prayer or one similar many times. But when I prayed that prayer tonight, I felt something. She said, I felt something. She experienced Jesus Christ. And Paul said that I may know Him. Have you experienced Jesus Christ, or do you just give a mental assent to something? You've got to know Him. Do you know Him today as your are saved? today has been a blessing to you, and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message. Just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- 299 299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, it depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy, and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box six hundred one bailey north carolina 27807 we look forward to hearing from you